Hi, Cody here, and today I'm going to tell you about the last book set you'll ever need for bathroom etiquette. Get ready to throw out those mismatched and outdated manuals to make room for this 13-piece set of hardbacks. It's got everything from gas stations and short pines all the way up to five-star restaurants and even the Biltmore. Written by critically renowned author and researcher Colio Jenkins, it's a must-have reference set that will impress all of your friends. And for just four payments of $19.99, it can be yours today. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Cody and Cole from KWC Podcast. <laughs> Maybe I you we didn't organize <laughs> who was going to talk, but other than that, yeah, uh, here we are. It is our sixth official episode and for sixth first official episode and what do you got on deck for us? Oh, I got something good. Somewhat of a personal vendetta, I will admit. Vendetta. It's an interesting talking point. Uh, It's about all the all the technology in the bathroom right nowadays. Okay, so the high tech bathroom technology is always good. You know, we're always running. We want more technology. We want things to be better. Blah blah blah. I don't really know if always is a good article for that one. That's a pretty blanket statement. But a lot of people want more technology and more smart sensors and stuff like that in mm-hmm. their place of business or place of business. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. I guess so. Uh, yeah. So the, if y'all haven't been to a restroom in the past uh, five years, I guess um, one. Okay. All right. Let's just breeze past that. But two. Yeah. It's got a lot of sensors and stuff. I guess people don't like touching stuff in bathrooms. I can't understand why. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, they're all like automatic sensor sinks, which are nice. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely some drawbacks there. For me personally, it's like you can't alter the temperature. If you want warm water to wash your hands, or if you want the water to actually start when your hands are under the sink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's a pretty common issue. <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty common issue. And especially, or like if you not just start, but just to keep going. It like half the yeah, time it cuts for, off uh, in the middle or something. Yeah, and like okay, yeah, it's it's a lot more energy efficient. It's a lot more water efficient. It's annoying, though. I think for the most part, that's kind of the trade off for anything that is remotely efficient. Is that it tends to be annoying in some regard, especially like in the case of the low flush toilets. Obviously, great. Like you know, use less water, better for the environment and stuff. But the thing is, like, there's an entire... I mean, okay, not that King of the Hill is a documentary and we should treat it as such, but there's an (laughs) entire episode based around how bad low-flow toilets are, and that it just sticks with me in that, like, you know, sometimes you need the high flow. And I don't know if you had heard... Well, now they have urinals with no flow, you know? For the men out there listening, maybe you've used one where you just... There's no water. So it's like... So you just have pee sitting in in the pee trap. I think the idea behind that is that gravity is supposed to do the job, but, you know, there's also the distinct odd chance that it won't. 
I mean, not to say that pee's just going to float upwards, but, like, it, it settle on the bottom, like you were saying. Yeah, and the whole point of the pee trap is to have, like, a water there to gap all the obnoxious odors and everything from coming back through the line. Yeah, like... You know? It's, yeah. So then it's like if you don't have any water, then that kind of defeats the purpose. I mean, I guess they don't have that in the in the water-free urinals. I guess it just goes down. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, I mean, okay, so the sensors, I can see why businesses put them in there. Because, you know, back in the day, I guess people just, they just had their own personal vendettas against the bathrooms. And they just put, you know, paper towels in the sink and just turned it on and flooded yeah, the place. Say, yeah, say, yeah, the automatic sinks, I hadn't even considered that. It wasn't until you were, like, gearing up to say <laughs> it that I literally thought, I'm like, oh, well, I guess people can't flood the bathroom if the sensor, yeah, like, I guess there's that or, like, uh, either on but purpose or not on purpose. you could have meter protection. Like, you could measure the amount of water flowing through the sink and it's like, oh, you know, someone probably left that on. I don't think mm. someone's using a gallon of water to wash their hands. I would hope not, at least. Now, there's something and it just automatically turns it off and then mm-hmm. ready for the next person. To use now, I do feel like that. I mean, okay, I guess we are talking about high tech bathrooms of the future, but I feel like somehow, somehow this makes sense in my head. I don't know why, but like it's easier to just have a sink that turns off if nobody's using it versus the the flow protection, like you're saying. Even though it's basically the same technology, I'm not saying that my logic is right. I just decided to immediately start questioning it as soon as I was thinking about it. No, that's true. I think the the sensor is probably easier. Yeah, because it's easier to just like, ah, well, it's impossible to do this, uh, or it's impossible to flood the bathroom this way, or, you know, it'll definitely cut down on uh, water costs and stuff like that. And, you know, again, parentheses, good for environment, whatever. Like, again, I keep saying whatever. I care about it. I care about not uh, screwing it up. But at the same time, like, we do have to recognize this is a place of business, and it's also cheaper to use less water, so let's not give them too much credit. But it's like, why give people the option to use more water or to uh, adjust the temperature or something like that? And even then, like, it's not because, or it's not just, ah, oh, it's cold and then this sucks. It can very well be it's too hot and this really sucks. Even though washing your hands I've actually, with hot yeah, water is better. I've used an automatic sink that's like way too hot, and I'm like, dude, hey, you could have hurt somebody. I am dying. I you're killing me, and thank you. Uh, but I'm but surprised that we still have regular sinks at my place of business, even though our hand dryer is automatic, and it's a rather nice hand dryer too. It is one of those Dyson ones, but it's not the Dyson one you think it is. Like how we kind of hmm. pre-discussed this a little bit, and how like the little U-shaped ones that you know are neat or whatever. Ours are yeah, shaped... where you have to like pull your hands through, and it kind of like air blades it off, and it kind of sits in there. It seems like yeah, like it's it's not one of those. It's it's shaped like a trapezoid almost up against the wall, and it literally shapes the the air i guess i mean i'm not watching the air come out i guess like a blade in that it's pointed on the bottom and it somehow works less or not as well as the other one that shit like a u so yeah like that's that's it's these automatic hand dryers and it's like okay we have less paper waste that's cool i am sitting here for i don't know how long running my hand through this thing trying to get it dry and then sure it may be better in terms of like old old hand dryers get a lot of flack because there's the whole like they're warm i guess that's just it they're warm and when things are warm they can kind of culture bacteria and stuff like that and then they have a push button you know an actuator 
instead of an automatic. But you can make those automatic and have the same yeah, ones. Yeah, exactly. And I would also note that on another note, like the, the newer hair dryers, you'll see that like places of business, they have to install, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but they'll install like a, uh, a shield for the wall because those things like push the water off. Whereas the older ones just like heated up your hands and kind of like dried the water off more. Yeah. Know? And you'll notice like if the places of business don't have like a little plastic shield, they'll have like watermark watermarks all over their wall and everything. Huh. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, it definitely feels like you're you got to buckle in for some of these hand dryers. But there was actually a uh, something I guess not really. Interesting, I guess just an anecdote related to this is that our families have a mutual friend who we know, and I'm not sure if we should name drop, but let's call Unless him Mr. John. And he served in the military back, you know, in the uh, early mid 2000s when we went to Afghanistan again, and he was deployed and such. And that was around the time that bathrooms started doing the automatic uh, paper towel dispensers. And there was a very active, because I believe that he was along with us on a job, like us, like dad and I, I think your dad was there too, but I don't think you were there. And we were getting lunch and, you know, one of the bathrooms and he came out and he's like, I was gone a year and a half. And what, what the (laughs) hell is that on the wall in there? And we were like, oh, it's an automatic paper towel dispenser. And he was just reeling, like, just what, like... I can't even I can't even pull out my own paper towels anymore. Like, what the hell's going on? Like, it was a and that, that was something that I didn't really think about for a while. And I was sitting there like, that's got to be jarring. And that, like, it was normal for us because it was literally just like whoop, like they swapped out and then we just accepted it. But he was gone for a while and then just like came back. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, we're we're getting used to like sensors and stuff. But that was like one of the first things that tra- changed over in restrooms. Um, that I recall, yeah, at least. probably. Because around that time, you had, like, the little push-button sinks, and you had mm-hmm. to hold it, and it'll go for a little bit, and then yeah. not really long enough. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I guess it, that would count as, like, a flow protector or something, because, like, a lot of, or at least the restrooms at my mom's school, I mean, I think most yeah. schools have them, you have that push-button on top, and then it runs probably, like, I don't know, a pint of water? Two seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah, it runs for, like, a very short amount of Enough time. Enough to get suds up, and then you're like, now I have to But it, it keeps <laughs> stupid kids from clogging up the sink and just flooding it. But that's the other consideration. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of schools still have those because they're cheaper. Yeah, exactly. And then businesses, I feel like they also don't think about main maintenance. Like, the sensors, you've been to a sink that just feels like it doesn't turn on it's like maybe the sensor's bad or you know they need to calibrate it i just feel like i'm flailing like a madman in this (laughs) thing just like look at my hands look at that yeah that's what i'm saying like i'm pretty sure those sensors need to be calibrated or or at least cleaned every once in a while and i'm pretty sure most businesses probably don't really i mean they maybe clean them but they probably don't calibrate them or anything or check them that often to make sure they're working yeah and like whereas if you just have handles it's like it works, and it's probably cheaper to put in. So, I don't yeah. know. There, there's good things and bad things, uh, but you do probably save water, and you save the the risk of someone flooding your bathroom. 
I guess. And then also you, uh, with automatic ones, you don't have to touch things. And with bathrooms, people would like to touch the least amount of stuff as possible. But it's like yeah. they should have like a little foot handle. Yeah, That'd like be cool. Like literally the foot handle that goes on trash cans. Like if you just add yeah. that to a lot of things, because like for instance, the I, I feel um, like toilets should have that because I feel like the lids. Fifty percent of people. Oh, I was gonna say for the handle. I would feel like fifty percent of people still like reach up there and do it with their foot. <laughs> and then yeah, if it's I so do. high up there, you run the risk of someone just like kicking the crap out of it or something. They're not flexible or something. I don't know. They should put yeah. one lower. <laughs> I I definitely am one of those people who just kick it. Or I mean, I'm getting better about it because like I, it's one of those things that you don't think about it for so long, and then you can only think about it in that like our shoes are covered in pee. Like especially dude shoes, like they are just <laughs> absolutely always always covered. The bathroom in pee. floors are like just. Yeah, and it's like ideally, yeah, you'd rather that not be a thing. But we have... Now, you know what I'd like to try? What's that? I would like to try a toilet that has, like, the little handle with the chain that goes up, and you're just like... <sighs> oh, like the, the truck, the trucker horn? Like... Yeah, I've never seen one of those, but that would probably be... I, I'm not going to lie. That would probably be a fun toilet to, to use. It. I feel like I would be scared to use those in terms of, like... I'd just be worried about the chain just, like, snap. And, like, I don't think that would have a negative uh, effect to the flushing process. I yeah, I don't think so. I think that just pulls down a lever that's, like, higher up or something. I, I don't yeah, know. I think it's literally Never the, seen um, one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you know same. where one is, comment. I want to find it and use it. <laughs> I think they're pretty predominantly just in the UK. Because uh, it's, like, that's a, a water closet type thing. It, it's, like the same as a toilet or at least the ones that i'm like thinking about it's like the ones that have the pipe that's going up the wall attached to the back and like it's the tank is up on the wall and that's like why the chain is up i guess yeah so it's just the same as a toilet it's just the chain pulls the lever for you they're not too different but or at least the process is very similar they might all be hooked up to like the same tank and then when you pull that just opens like the valve for your piping i'm not sure Mm mm-hmm now the other thing to consider with those automatic hand dryers is like our hand dryers even better. I mean, paper towels versus hand dryers. Which one's actually more environmentally friendly? Because um, you got to use a lot of energy to blow out the air, and it's usually hot. Paper towels, you can you can actually make paper pretty environmentally friendly because it's recyclable, and it really doesn't take that much to make paper towels because they're not like meant to write on or anything. They're literally just meant to soak up water, so you don't have to use that much of a as much of a process. You know? Yeah, like I think paper towels now, could. Does be, it get recycled? I don't know. That that's exactly like where I was going. Is that um, it's like everything could be more environmentally, more environmentally. Oh my god, environmentally friendly. And yeah, but that's a people change of mind. It's it's a people change of mind. You have, to, mind. You have like, to have a recycling bin in the bathrooms. <laughs> and 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 I guess really what we also need to address is that like we are told as a society that all of us need to change our habits to prevent I guess the world deteriorating a little bit quicker than it is and it's putting a lot of the blame sort of on everybody's habits like oh you know if you would wash your hands with less water or take shorter showers this would happen and like we're just we're just gonna gloss over the massive massive amounts of corporate pollution in the United States throwing away like Either you have high volume, Lord, where I'm at, we go through water like nobody's business. And then like, you know, uh, food waste and stuff like that. All that stuff just gets thrown out. But it's like, there's not really a lot of cheaper and it's quicker. Yeah. And like, there's not a whole lot of hand smacking that goes along with that to tell folks not to do that. So it's kind of like we're pushing the blame onto the private sector in that like 
you and your house, you need to change your habits so that we can still dump massive amounts of garbage in the rivers and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, maybe if all of us did that, like, and I'm saying all of us, all of us looking at e-corporations, then, then, you know, this would probably be better. But, you know, not to have corporations be the capital T they that we're just going to push the blame onto. But it also, like, everything can be recycled. Uh, okay, maybe not everything, I guess. But, like, a lot of, like, glass is recyclable. I, I imagine you can melt it down and then reform. It's essentially, like, obviously. Yeah, glass is really recyclable. And plastics as well. Like, it may be a little bit harder because, like, yeah, different plastics density are plastics. They're semi-recyclable, exactly, because, like, you could have, like, even if it's in the same shape, different, like, this bottle of hair gel I'm looking at, that type of plastic is different than a Powerade bottle, so you couldn't put them together chemically, necessarily. So, from what I understand, the plastics, uh, you can generally recycle them, but it has to be to a lower grade plastic, because they kind of degrade in the recycling process, mmm. but... That's why carpet actually uses a lot of recycled plastic. Yeah, I was about to say. Like, grade plastic to make the carpet. Yeah, like we can, it's like folks making paper out of jeans, like, or or making something. It's not necessarily like we're going to break down this bottle and rebuild it. We have the technology. I mean, we do. But find something else. Like there is a demand for not great plastic in some markets, like, like you're saying, carpet. So it's like, yeah, let's just do that. It's like people already stripped down air conditioning units for the brass and all the other metals that go into it. So why not do that almost for everything else? And especially paper. And it's also in the design. Like you have to make things, uh, you have to design things with the recyclability in mind. And a lot of people, uh, like it depends on the product, but some of them very well are not designed with their recyclability in mind. And also, I imagine to some degree that may cut into profits, not necessarily that you have to pay to have something designed that but like you make more money if people have to keep buying it over and over again as opposed to whatever that being said it's not like you're losing money when something's being recycled it would be like for instance it may cost them more to use different materials like if i was just gross and i kept all my powerade bottles and wash them rinse them out and then only use them as water bottles ever and then, like, I somehow had a huge following that also did this. I imagine Big Water would eventually, Big Dizani, I guess Coca-Cola, you know, trademark, would eventually, they wouldn't feel it at all because they're an international company. But, like, you know, <laughs> say that this huge following is stupid huge. It's the entire country. Oh, my God, what a movement. They would eventually feel it. But, like, that's kind of gross in terms of, like, or alternatively, it could also not be gross, and we could just be told that it's gross. I don't know. The water does. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when they you, get pretty gross. When you put water in a Powerade bottle, that water, no, it does not matter how, or a Gatorade, like, it does not matter how clean you got don't that bottle. People, it tastes funny. <laughs> like, and don't even let people, like, get started on BPA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like. That's what I'm saying. You have to determine whether, if you want it to be recyclable, then it's probably going to have BPA. But if you want it to be reusable, then you don't want to have BPA in the plastic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you really have to determine what you want to do with it. And then that's the thing. Like, some people, I mean, there's people out there who don't know, like, a lot of people don't know what's recyclable and what's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, people will be like, oh, is this recyclable? No, I don't know. I'm just going to put it in the trash to be safe. Yeah, exactly. Because if you put non recyclable things in your trash, in your recyclables, we can mess then, up the from what thing. I understand, a lot of times, if they notice there's a bunch of non-recyclable stuff, they, I mean, it goes to the same area. Mm-hmm. 
they're just going to move it to the trash pile. Yeah, because, like... So you have to know what's recyclable and stuff, and I don't think that's inherent to a lot of people. And it, It's like, yeah, you have to know this kind of stuff, and then also, it, for instance, it's like, oh, well, the landfills will do it, or something like that. That takes a massive amount of manpower to do. It's not exactly like a coin sorter where you could just drop in a big... I'm going to go back to plastic bottles again, because I feel like that's one thing that we churn through like a moaf, and... Yeah. So like, there's not really. It's not like a coin sorter where you just drop. It's not the coin star. There we go. And it just knows what kind of bottles. I mean, yeah, we do have different silhouettes and stuff like that. But tell me the difference between a Mr. Pib bottle and a Mellow Yellow bottle, real quick. There's none. I guess. Or like, there's different recycling centers. Some only can handle plastic. Some can only mm-hmm. handle papers, glass, aluminum, and then all the recyclable recyclable things have like a very non-discreet symbol on it, and you have to look for that. And then it usually has a number in there. And then yeah. you have to look up your recycling center and see if they can handle up to that grade. Like if it's a four, mm-hmm. maybe it can handle it. But if it's a five, maybe it can't. So that's putting a lot of work on the consumers that most likely are just going to be like, yeah. I don't care enough to look too much into it. I'm just going to continue recycling, like, level 5 plastics. Like, imagine the uh, the K-Cups. Those are, like, horribly not recyclable. Yeah. Because they're made to withstand all that heat and stuff and not get plastic particles in your coffee. So they're very non-recyclable. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that then is... how many people do you think put them in the recycling bin because they're like, oh, it's plastic? I would be willing, you know? yeah. Like, I, I would love... Uh... I don't think it really is kicking off too hard, but at least there's sale for sale in most major stores. The reusable K cups, where you just put grinds into it, it does add one extra step, well, two technically, to getting your cup of coffee in the morning. Because, like for instance, like the the whole thing is why the Keurig is kicking off is because it's an individual cup of coffee. And I used to be like, that makes no sense. You know, why would you? You may want an extra cup or something like that. But it's great for portion control and all that stuff. But like you said. The cups are stupidly non-recyclable. Wow, recyclable. I'm doing great today, like, in in terms of just, like, (laughs) words and also speaking. Oh, man. Oh, and then I would also say, this kind of goes back to the the foot valves a little bit. Mm. Have you ever noticed, like, the bathrooms that have the paper towel dispensers, but they're, like, installed way too low? So if if they dispense all the way, they, like, touch the countertop, which is, like, 90% of the time wet. Uh, or even worse, like, I would see some that just, like, the sensors were messed up, and it's like... It's like, you could save water if you just installed that... Touching the floor, you know, six and, like... six inches higher. You now have pee paper towels. Good job. Like, it's definitely a, um... It's just a little bit more thought is put into it. Just, just a little bit. It's crazy. Like you said, six inches. Six inches Six inches really higher, and you'd probably save a much. lot of paper, because you may, like, dispense it, and then you realize, before you know it, it's on the counter, and it's wet, and you're like, oh, I have to be ready to grab this thing. <laughs> so it's like the the amount of manpower the could put a little bit more in, uh, interest in their bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like it, it, and it takes a certain type of business too. Like a certain type of business. Definitely not gas stations. Also, care. It depends on the gas station. A rest station or the people who care about it. Gas stations, however, eh, no. So it's it it's a type of person who cares about the consumer the customer slash consumers experiences yeah, at the their place customer service oriented they're the places. people who focus on the bathroom for instance the ones that have like freaking mouthwash in the bathrooms and you definitely like saw where, where i was going, going. <laughs> yes uh chick-fil-a is one of these places that tends to keep their restrooms on the up and up because of the fact that they are so like 
it's the whole experience. It's like, I mean, think about it. Like, if there is a McDonald's and there is a Chick Fil A next to each other, and you are like racing, you have got the cold sweats. You are like controlling your breathing because you don't you don't know if you're gonna make it. (laughs) I will literally drive like an extra three to five minutes if like I saw that there was a Chick Fil A nearby. Like because see, I would almost go to the McDonald's because I feel bad for doing that in the Chick Fil A. (laughs) I mean, I guess yeah, there is there's a level of go find the worst Taco Bell. (laughs) Like they there's a level of like well they deserve it. uh, I guess that we could say (laughs) just write them a note in the toilet paper. Like I'm sorry. Uh, we left a few notes at the Walmart bathroom after cutting grass. It also didn't help that it, it, it would be one of those days where, like, uh, they were doing the whole, the vengeful, oh, no cheese? Okay, cool. This burger's going to have three slices on it. Neat. And I'm like, well, I guess this is just going to be one of those days because I just got tired of fighting it. And also, I was about, uh, let's see, I think it would be about seven more years after that that I would dis- discover that I was lactose sensitive. And you may have just dis- like developed it more as you've gotten older, too. Probably. I, I, okay, I think here it is. I'm going to sue McDonald's for making me lactose. No, I'm kidding. I had pretty much <laughs> always suffered from it, but didn't click it until about 23. Yeah, so restrooms. And I guess like gas stations, they don't, you're required to have a restroom essentially. Like, oh, I'm gonna make one last comment about the gas station bathrooms. Mm-hmm. If you are a gas station and you have decided to put your business right behind, right beside the interstate, because you know that's gonna bring you lots of business, people coming you, off getting you gas, better coming, make your getting snacks and stuff. Not you better make them f- available. No keys, no keys. I or if you try, if I walk in there and I'm hobbling in and they're like oh sorry it's for customers only i'm gonna buy like some gasoline spread it on your floor and light it on fire it's <laughs> cool like, I, I, I would to- like a gal <laughs> i would like this portable gas can i would like to a gallon of gasoline and i want that lighter <laughs> right there <laughs> like <laughs> yes it is shaped like a knife whatever i don't care i want this stupid lighter when i come back from using the restroom you know that this place is <laughs> torched Right? Like, if you have the audacity, like, you set your business up right beside the interstate. You know what you're in for. You know people are, like, coming off probably, like, half the time just to use the bathroom. Yeah. So if you try and tell someone, you have to be like, now, respectfully, I would try and buy something if I use their bathroom. But oh, if $3 you tell me I have, I'll say, but if you tell me I have to buy something just to use the bathroom, then, yeah, I'm going to be very displeased. And then I probably won't buy something after if I, I am, get out of the bathroom. If I am <laughs> limping into this gas station and you tell me I got to buy something, you are telling me that you want me to shit on the floor. <laughs> like, like, who would deny someone the common decency be like, okay, yeah, you have to use the bathroom. Like, I don't want you to soil yourself. Go use it. Yeah. But no, gas station owners, they'll be like, um, I'd like to see this. Go ahead. bet do it and it kind of kind of harkens back to like there's a lot customer service (laughs) it goes back to customer service and like i don't want to really go too deep into it because like uh there is a whole lot of other issues that went on with it but the denial of the two fellas going to the restroom in starbucks like the month or two ago that obviously it was not solely a bathroom thing or even a customer thing and you know starbucks has attempted to make the reparations as as a result but there's this fundamental that like belief like for some reason and like i do understand why some folks don't want their bathrooms open all the time it's kind of deter i guess air quote unsavory folks a la the homeless or 
drug addicts or whatever this place like shooting up in the bathroom yeah because like i was there for that sensitivity training that was also addressed like it literally wasn't just like the issue of race which was the main subject and for good reason i want to be very clear for good reason but it also was like hey bathrooms like people do shoot up in them so what do we do about that how do we address that without being like hey druggie beat it which i mean obviously you don't do that because then they won't share. But the the thing mm-hmm. is, like, if you are serving a liquid or, or, like, how I believe in or my personal beliefs in a business and how they should address a restroom is that if there is some way to consume liquid or food anywhere around you or <laughs> anything like that, you should have a restroom. If you have a water fountain, you should have a restroom. If you serve water or drinks or anything, you should have a restroom. You should have a restroom. Full stop. If you are a... Yeah, where are your employees going to use the bathroom? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to have an employee restroom, but when it comes down to it, and let, like, doctor's office, restroom, a tire place. If you are a tire place or a service station, you should have a restroom. And I'm not even talking about a gas station. I'm talking about, like, a place that you take your car to get worked on. You should have a restroom. If you have a waiting room, you should have a restroom. Like, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Because, like, I... Especially tire place. Like, then you can't drive somewhere. I mean, yeah, you are literally a captive <laughs> audience. You've already got the quarter machine for full of M&Ms. You've already got a half-empty soda machine. You've got a stack of magazines that are 400 years old and not even interesting. <laughs> and and you got this the stupid local channel on the TV playing at, like, half frequency. So, one, I can't hear it. Two, I can't read lips. And three, it's coming in every third second. I better have a bathroom so I can at least go and, like, distract myself a little bit. And it's just one of those, like, just go ahead and have a bathroom. And I don't see why not. Other than, like, you were lazy, you did not want to deal with it, or, like, we're a service station. We need to focus on the garage or cheap. So it's just one of those things that, (laughs) like... (sighs) There's a book about it. It's called Everybody Poops. Please, for the love of God, have a bathroom in your establishment. Like, as a person who, for the longest time, didn't realize that I suffered from something that made me actively have to run to the restroom if I consumed this thing, I lived for the most part of my life being afraid I wouldn't make it to the restroom. And, like, that's a really weird fear. But, like, you know, if a bowl of cereal makes you go into DTs, essentially, like, you need to... Like, I regularly... Whenever I go into an older a place, you get, the more unpredictable it gets, too. Yeah, exactly. You're basically flipping the coin at any point. Like, I go to a friend's house. I'm like, cool. I don't need it right now. Where's the restroom? Or you go to, you're <laughs> moving into a uh, an apartment. All right, I want to know what the restroom looks like. Like, literally, like, going into a new place of business or going to a restaurant or something like that, I make a mental note. Like, okay, the restrooms are probably in this direction. You know, I mean, I'm not, like, in this fear of, like, okay, any second it can happen. But it's just one of those, like, it's definitely a a cautionary yeah it's good to know it's kind of like how some people when they walk like some people who are like it's like in movie theaters it's like it's good to know where the exits are and that's why they tell you every time yeah and like it's like oh i'm pretty sure it's the way i came in it's like it's basically i'm casing the (laughs) joint because i want to know what the layout's like you know i mean just in case like i do consume something i'm about to i'm about to yarf it and like i gotta run i need to know the shortest path the most out of the way i don't need to barrel into anybody's table a lot of that, it comes from anxiety and just stuff like that and having this, like, imagination that bad things are going to happen, I guess. But it's good knowledge to know, and it's it's frustrating to see businesses just not care about their restroom. Yeah, it mainly comes down to good customer service or bad customer service. Now, to end the bathroom rant on a, on a good note, mm-hmm. I will say there is something I saw in a bathroom recently that was really cool. Okay. 
And that was they had installed like a little foot door opener. Because, you know, after you wash your hands, the last you thing you got to do is you got to open the door so you can get out. Mm. Now, some of them, the trash can's close enough to where, like, when I'm drying my hands, I grab it with the paper towel, and then after it's open, I throw the paper towel away because you can reach it. Yeah. But in many cases, you can't do that. Now, there was a bathroom. I think it was a McDonald's, and I will post a picture up on our social media site so you can see it. But it's like a little a little step thing at the very bottom of the door that you can open the door with your foot. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a really good idea. Because that's like the last thing. Like, you do everything perfect, and you're like, okay, I haven't touched anything. And you're like, oh, the door. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good thing, and that was done, I think, by McDonald's. So I'll give them props for that. Okay, so uh, they're trying to catch up. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. To me, so, I've the never other thing really... when you cared too much as as far as the door thing like i do understand why but it's just like one of those like ah fuck it like i'm just i'm clean enough and or alternatively like especially like with work yeah i gotta wash my hands when i'm leaving the restroom i do touch a door yikes we have so many sinks where i'm at that it's like i will i will be able to wash my hands again very very soon and usually I do. So, like, yeah, it does. you do kind of redu- turn into or t- kind of redundant hand washing eventually. But, eh, got to be clean. Yeah. So, we do need to catch people up on our hardly habits. Last week we talked about <laughs> reading for 30 minutes a day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I will say I did good up until I did Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did fine. You're telling uh, me you didn't finish? Well, You didn't Thursday, do all seven days? Thursday, I had my alternator go out on my truck, so that kind of interrupted my plans of reading that night because I had to get ready for work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, I went out camping, stayed over Friday night. I did not bring the book with me, mm-hmm. uh, just in case it rained or something. Saturday, I got back, and I had to catch up on some stuff from the hiking. Uh, so I did not do Saturday. I will do today. And mm-hmm. I think, judging uh, judging from our past conversation, I don't think you finished <laughs> What? What? How could you say such a... Okay, it's one thing to not finish. It's another thing to not start. (laughs) I kind of forgot completely about it. Now, I... Okay, I do have a consolation in that I started making a list of things that I want to do before the day is over on my phone and uh, keeping up with it. And I've actually gone, let's see, I think it was six out of seven days so far in, like, completing that list. Um, Or at least, you know, completing up to like one thing and that one thing would be something that like I ran into an issue with it earlier and had to like redo for instance like we have a chalkboard that we want to like repaint uh the wood that frames it is busted so I had to like re-glue that and then like tape off so that we can paint it white so it matches like the rest of the 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 walls and stuff like that and then I tried to pick it up to tape it off and then I realized like I got another splinter because the wood's still busted so I like re-glued it so like yeah that that one didn't get finished because it's been pretty humid lately and I haven't been able to get stuff dry as quickly as possible so I have been keeping up with tasks and for those of since we are pretty early into the podcast I don't keep up with tasks very easily I'm very very forgetful I have always suffered with being motivated to do stuff in the past or really just being able to self-start. So I do think this is a step in the right direction. It has helped that I've been forcing myself to stay on the schedule. Essentially, like I am the type that oversleeps and I still do, but at least if I do oversleep, I know, okay, I have to do this, 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 this before the day is over and I can be comfortable with it. Now, last Saturday, I did kind of overstack myself a little bit, and it kind of stressed me out a little bit. But other than that, like, I have not 
done nothing. I just did not read. Well, that's all right. I think we're going to extend it to next week because uh, we have another Hardly Habit idea, but I think we're going to hold off and do it start it next week because uh, I'll be going on a trip soon. So I don't want to start it in the trip because the last, last time we did the soda one on an undisclosed episode – uh, oh yeah that's right it was like during the trip and everybody's like oh yeah yeah all we have is soda or like i was driving really late and i was like i need some caffeine so i think we're gonna hold off on that one but i can talk about what i did experience in the four or five days that i did do this one call in the next 20 minutes and we'll include a three-piece set of literary classics for dummies that's 13 hardback editions of bathroom etiquette for dummies and a free three-piece set of literary classics for dummies so throw away those old manuals and spark notes books and call now Mm-hmm. And I will say, sometimes when you're reading something, it does feel productive. It depends. But if you're reading for pleasure, it's kind of like uh, when you go out to eat and it's like, oh, I could eat Subway. It's still eating out and you're still spending money. It's not necessarily healthy, but mm-hmm. it feels a lot better than eating McDonald's. Reading for pleasure is kind of like that. It's like you feel like you've been a little bit more productive than if you were to play video games, maybe. Yeah. But if you're reading for pleasure, there's still sometimes where it's like, it still didn't feel like I was really productive. So I will say... It kind of felt good in my head saying like, oh, you got to read your 30 minutes today. And then after you finish that, it's like it's like you check something off the list. So it feels more productive than if you're just like, oh, I'm going to read today. And you spend yeah. 30 minutes reading just for the heck of it, you know. But feeling like you did it because it's like, oh, I should read because to develop uh, myself as just a more literate person, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I will say in that sense, it was good. But yeah, uh, when schedules get busier, when something comes up like an alternator, it does, it's like, oh, man, I'm not going to get to read today, and I'm not going to be able to make that check today. So it kind of has the opposite effect sometimes, too. But, yeah, I was like, it's starting uh, to sound more like an obligation rather than a habit that you picked <laughs> up because of the pure enjoyment of it. I can't say much because instead of reading, I actually just gave myself a list of chores every day. Uh, so I can't say that, like, oh, you only did it to check off a list? Oh, my God. I literally can't say that because that's all I did. But I kind of like that in a way because I like to force myself to read, especially in the summer when I have more time. It's like, oh, I should read when I have the chance. You were definitely the in, reader in out school of the year, two of us. I can – what? No, I thought you read because you read the whole series of unfortunate events, and I only read – and I read them out of order. Uh, okay, but I read one – some you, of them. You read that out of order. You read Harry Potter out of order. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, that's because I'd seen the first movie way too many times, so I went ahead and skipped it. That's fair. You still and did then it. they got kind of boring after five and six. Oh yeah, you just dropped it. Um, yeah, number seven. Let's was see. Really, I didn't ever read that one. I would give you Pin Dragon. I read out of order. Uh, okay, but and that one's a tough one to read out of order. <laughs> it is a tough one to read out of order. I also read it out of order because our school library didn't have the first two books in it for like a uh. couple months. So yeah, like I had to read the third one first. Um, that so unfortunately I knew a few things that happened, and and here's the thing: when I read book two and it happened, I still cried. So. <laughs> But, but I went back and reread that whole series in order, so that was so I, I kind of made up for that. Yeah. But I am notorious for reading, or I was notorious for reading book series out of order. Well, you and your brother, uh, uh, y'all read Aragon before me, and y'all tried no. very- Yes, you did. I never read Aragon. Okay, then it was purely your brother, but here's the thing. You <laughs> yeah. also joined in on, in on that, like, Cole, you should read Aragon. Cole, God, you'd love it. You should read Aragon. 
And this is actually I watched the, the movie. Oh Jesus, you poor soul. We played the video game. That was game. a terrible movie. Um, we tried to. I, and that was also a terrible game. But it's like I am definitely that type of person that like the more you suggest something to, the less and less I want to do it. So your brother you had did to read it, didn't you? Yeah, I did read it, and I read Elvis, and I read the uh, Brusinger, and I think there I. And you liked it. Yeah, no, Aragon's pretty good. It's fantasy Star Wars. It's literally fantasy Star Wars, but it's pretty good. I mean, okay, it's pretty pretty good if you read it without expecting to get a lot out of it because it one is fantasy star wars two it's shonen manga three it's it's basically like guy fantasy and like the world that they build is sort of interesting but there's like some questionable things that are happening throughout the book so yeah is it a good like i guess young adults tween novel fantasy novel yeah it's pretty good it's a good jumping point but for the love of God, it is not the pinnacle of fantasy literature. Yeah. Um, it does feel good when you read a book that you can, like, uh, you could bring up in a conversation and seem like, oh, yeah, I've read this book. And it's, like, a book that most people have heard of, but maybe people haven't read. It feels good to be able to, like, discuss books yeah. that are, like, popular literature throughout time. Not just, like, oh, Harry Potter's popular in the early 2000s. Uh, not just then. I'm just saying, 2050, it may not be popular. That may be an unpopular belief, but Lord. I don't think it was the end-all, be-all. I don't um, think it was either. I'm saying but... it's not. I'm just saying it's not a Hemingway or like a, or a George Orwell novel, you know? Well, I think what they, the advantage that Hemingway and Orwell had was that they don't have a Twitter presence that is doing everything it can <laughs> to dismantle what made the books all right or to bring up facts that just weren't addressed and True. still aren't addressed at all in the well, movies so or and i'm concluding I just mean the that they have like for me they do more for me because they have more substance they're like it's not just reading for pleasure mm-hmm. you know it's like they have a little bit something behind them they have a little oomph behind them it's like they're trying to make a statement with the book you know part of me is like yeah like old or classic literature is neat Especially Orwell. I mean, especially Orwell, but at the same time, like, there's a bunch of other stuff that I can't really read. Uh, Not necessarily because, like, it's, like, too highbrow or anything like that, but it's just, like, there comes a level of, like, sometimes the classics aren't that great. And then you wonder how the hell they're classics. And that's not a very popular opinion. I will admit that's a true story because there are some books I've read that are classics. And I'm just like, this is terrible. Yeah, and it's like, except for the Great Illustrated Classics, those are good because they had a picture on every page. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> outside of that, you're doing okay. But when it comes to like some classics, are just not that great, and it's just basically like probably like what 200 pages of this author who's just stroking it, just like, oh, I'm so smart, I'm great, and I'm just like, I can't read it. I literally just like. That's all I can hear is just let this guy just go and off about, oh, man, I am so smart. Yeah, there's definitely some where it's like, I guess I'm making a message. (laughs) Oh, and it's like, and I'll be real. I did like some of Ayn Rand's books, but a bunch of them are like that. Orwell a little bit is like that, too. But I like 1984, so I can't say much. But literature in itself is like really, really limited or like the, the, I guess the entire subject of literature is really limited in what it considers a classic. And it is not super inclusive. It's getting better, but it's not super inclusive. And it's including all these 
guys you just wrote and like that's true kind of like it the does trope, come off as judgmental like the trope of just like i'm a smart guy who's either a professor or somebody in academia and i love this overly young woman that's in my life i'm already married but whatever she vexes me and i'm not just speaking about uh, lolita but it's just like that trope kind of comes up a lot and it's like you're just an old white guy or old very presumably white guy talking about adultery and how sad it makes you like shut up like (laughs) it's 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 tough to read now obviously like moby dick and other like i guess great gatsby doesn't really talk about that too much either but it's like there are other books that are doing fine but like some of these are like that and it's just like they're considered classics and it's really frustrating and like, yeah, Shakespeare's really good too. You know, like if you like plays, yeah, some and stuff, of Shakespeare's stuff though is really boring. It's dense though. and like it's like Romeo and Juliet. Not a big fan of it, but Hamlet was pretty good. Yeah, like uh, it, like Hamlet's pretty good. It like obviously, and, and when I read it, like went back in high school when they forced you to read it. I, obviously, a lot it's more of it went over my head. Forced to read like, it. <laughs> if anything, yeah. like Greg Gatsby was really good, but I only liked it until after I finished it. While I was reading, I'm like, oh god, this is the worst. But yeah, when you're forced to read something, it definitely brings exactly it down. like it makes it turn into a chore, and then you don't like it anymore. And that's kind of the frustrating catch twenty two is like you only really like reading when you were doing it. Oh, catch twenty two, that was a good. Oh name fuck, oh, that's wow. a good. <laughs> I did not realize that. It's actually one of my favorites. <laughs> but, I mean, I really liked Ender's Game while I was reading it. Again, it's like guy power fantasy, tween young adult power fantasy book. Like, look yeah. at him. He's the best. I mean, alternatively, a lot of the like manga and anime that like guys our age or of that same generation wound up liking were also of the same genre. Look at him. He's the best. Like, Bleach is a super, super bad example of that. I don't know how much you remember of Bleach when uh, I owned books and we were reading from him. So the main character, he's a soul reaper. And that's like, whoa, that's the magic thing. He was a human, but now he's this. And then, like, they introduce another, like, I'm being very generic. I could go into, like, details, but I don't want to have my lunch lunch money taken away from me too much. Uh, there's like an archer based demon slayer and it's like, oh, well, you know, at least their powers are different and it shows that there's a different environment. Oh, man, some of these monsters actually turn into like human shaped ones and they have like cool masks and whatever. Oh, it turns out he's part that, too. Like the main character. Oh, yeah, he has that power, too. And he gets even stronger. And then like, oh, he's also part of this archer subclass, too. Whoa. OK. Also, he's this other class that we just kind of makes it the Superman effect. He's it's turning like, oh, into he's... a Gary stew. And it's like it's overpowered. It's OK when Goku does it. OK, he's he's that's. Goku, but like when every character does it, it gets real. Like Bleach just went off the rails. I mean, it took it like a huge yeah, amount I didn't of chapters read that to for, it. Apparently, yeah, no, neither of us did. But now, like my girlfriend and housemate, they're rewatching Bleach and they're getting to the part where like I finished reading it, which was way it was just way past when you were reading because you just read the books that I had. Yeah, um, yeah. and yeah, it just I, I, they're just telling me. I'm just sitting there like, man, the author just didn't care anymore, did he? Like. Yeah, he's just the great. He's greatest. He he lifts. Uh, he's got. Uh, uh, he's 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 just super great with ladies. I, actually, that is everybody just loves him for no stinking reason. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like it's not interesting literature. He has very few flaws. I mean, it's he does have his own set of flaws, but they're just like they just seem easy to overcome. And that's kind of very much the Superman effect. It's like if you don't have any flaws, it's not interesting to watch because it's like yeah, it's just not interesting. It's like you're gonna win. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, and it's like, okay, even if you're not going to win, you're going to win. But it, Yeah, but in the end, uh, what you're reading, I, I feel like it's a lot easier to read if you feel like you can like pull from it at some point in time. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, for me, I like to read stuff that's either based on a true story or, like, a called quote-unquote literary classic. Uh, just so, you, like, it feels better knowing that I can pull from it. Or, like, something that has, like, if it's something I enjoy and it's, like, a discussions I like to have, then I like to read about those things, like, very sarcastic dystopian futures. Sometimes I, like, talk about that for whatever reason. Yeah. But it's, like, something I can pull from. So I think that's the main thing is if you just find books that you feel that you can pull from later in life, I think you'll enjoy them more. Yeah. And then also that you just enjoy them. You should so read I, what you want yeah. to read. I feel like that. And like, I'm a, <laughs> I am literally about to just dump over I'm a book like series real quick. Kind of like the list that they gave in school. Like, I am about to dump on a book series. So I'm, I'm laying out the foundation. You should read what you want to read. It's incredibly valid. It, it's not saying like you shouldn't read this book series because only dumb people read it or whatever like for instance like the um they made movies about it katniss everdeen is the main character uh mocking jay what the hunger games that's it yeah the hunger games books the movies kind of veer away from what makes the books good that's a huge thing i'm not even gonna say like oh you know whatever because people tend to dump on what teenage girls read and say that they're not valid or whatever they're totally valid now something that isn't is and not great the 50 shades series not good not great no and i like i and i'm saying this as a person who has not read it i refuse to read it and it's not because it's a sex book it is like what what i don't understand i don't get how it's continuing to be a, a, a presence in our society and that's not even anti-bdsm it's not like anti-sex it's literally not this is not where this is coming from it, it's like a book that made it okay to read those types of books because you could always find those like yeah smut cowboy cowboy sexual books like he's a werewolf but then like people like hid that they read those me. but people hid that they read those but this one somehow like got popular so now everybody's like like oh, yeah it, I read, it's an incredibly abusive it. relationship when you think of, like donnie you don't have to think about it but apparently that bar was just yeah it sounds very manipulative so from low. what i've seen it's like it's like i've seen like jokes on the internet it's like if this guy was living in a trailer park this would be considered like ridiculous <laughs> but because he's a billionaire or whatever and normal it's okay like <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Like, no, I mean, well, but it's like, it's this weird, like, it's only okay because like, oh, he's rich or oh, it's because he's handsome or whatever. It's like, no, this isn't okay at all. And like, there's folks in the BDSM community going, this is what everybody thinks of our community because this is the first, you know, thing that they think of. And it's not a great representation of it. It's kind of like if people, it's kind of like if any of the... I keep forgetting his name for some reason. I really shouldn't. My God. John Wayne movies. If that was your expectation of like the Native Americans or uh, Earth Medea was some of your like, if this was your entry into a subculture that you were not originally like part of, you start to think that that's what everybody's like in that subculture. And that's not necessarily true about anything. You shouldn't watch one movie and draw an entire thing like that it's like watching american pie and thinking that that's what all college and all like high schoolers are doing when it's really not <laughs> even monsters university is not very realistic <laughs> either uh but monsters in my closet no way but it's like it's just and that's not valid also it's twilight fan fiction with no vampires it's confirmed it's basically it is like oh, i'm so mad i can't even form words the, <laughs> it's basically fuming fuming yeah and it's like even then twilight can sort of even because it's not the one in the public eye right now that's why it's valid all of a sudden (laughs) but their editors didn't do a very good job in terms of like catching like really (laughs) really blatant mistakes and grammatical mistakes yeah 
So it's like, I, I am part of the zeitgeist that like, English is a bastard language, you should do what you want with it as long as your point gets across. But when you're a national selling book, international selling book, maybe we can have some standards. <laughs> maybe you can afford some editors. Yeah, like, you just became one of the best selling ding-dong books of like, because of this. Like, how is this on the counter next yeah, to... Yeah, bastardizing English is for podcasts. Yeah, like, that's my job and I'm gonna do it. I don't have editors. I don't have editors. I'm the editor. I'm one of them. So, like, I can do whatever I want. So, it's just one of those, like, no. I, you don't see me writing a book and claiming to be a best-selling author because I'm not. I barely can read. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you watch a baseball game. It's like, oh man, he couldn't catch, uh, he couldn't make that catch. And then someone turns to you. It's like, well, you couldn't it's make the it. Olympics. I'm, like, oh, I'm not paid millions of dollars. It's, yeah, it's the Olympics all over. It's just like, oh my god, he ran that at like good time. I can't even tell you a good time. Man, what a <laughs> moron. He's running like an idiot. And it's just like, well, you do it. Like. <laughs> It's like, well, I'm not getting paid, or I'm not. I haven't been training for the past two years Sh- to represent my country. So uh, two uh, years, yeah. calm down. <laughs> shot put looks, or however long. Shot put looks real freaking is easy when you're not doing it, or or the deadlifting or the powerlifting or whatever. Like it's just like there's got to be like a, I wish there was like a regular person who was also doing it just for the context. I have totally thought about that idea. Okay, so I'll break this idea in quickly, but then we have to reel it back in. Yeah. <laughs> I've always thought it'd be interesting to have the Olympics where random social security numbers are like pulled out and it's like, okay, this guy is going to represent. So you have an actual, like honest to God, actual representation of your country's nominal fitness and not like these super trained athletes that really like rich countries are obviously going to do better because they can train their athletes better and more. Uh, for the most part, I don't know. I but it'd be Rocky interesting to pull like random, pull random social security numbers and just see like nominal fitness. Be like, oh, now where would America rank here? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's an idea to chew on, and maybe we'll bring that up in another episode. But yeah, because we think can we really we, yeah, reel go it back on so about I can that. upload this episode. <laughs> yeah, we we are kind of hitting the the mark here. Yeah, we should wrap it up. So quick note: we are gonna upload a poll for you people to vote on. Because we want to see, there's obviously a lot of limited edition flavors for the Pop-Tarts. So we want you guys to vote on which flavor you want to see. Uh, We only have two open spots for the limited edition flavors, and then we're getting all the regular flavors in there. So we're going to post the poll. Whichever two limited edition flavors get the most votes will get into the bracket and be able to represent all limited edition flavors for the Olympics of Pop-Tarts, I guess. Um, See, the problem also, with that is people consume one limited edition Pop-Tart, and then they think that that's the entire subculture <laughs> of Pop-Tarts. And, yeah. No. In this case, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, we might post some pictures to try and be a little bit more interactive. We will ask you guys to comment on the social media, because I'm not sure what all we can see on the podcast comments and stuff, so... Yeah, yeah. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Do you have anything else? No, not without it being a a, a subject. Knowing me, we will shelf the book topic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice one. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that wraps it up. So uh, we'll see y'all later. Yeah. See ya. But wait, there's more. We're gonna throw in Colio Jenkins' coveted book, Pop Tart Trails Through History. This was his first publishing to earn the John Newberry Medal. But you have to call now. Alrighty here, folks. Today we have Wildberry versus Cherry, and you know what that means. Yeah, it means we're going to eat a Wildberry Pop-Tart and a Cherry Pop-Tart. I mean, yeah, it, <laughs> in its in its basic form, that is what that means. We are going to consume at least a little bit of both, and probably 
at least one whole one. I've taken a, uh, a leaf from your book in that I broke one in half and then heated up one half and then did the other because I... There you go. <laughs> I can barely eat two Pop-Tarts for breakfast. I can't eat four for breakfast. That's for <laughs> darn sure. Um, it'll get a little tougher when we get to the ones that you're supposed to freeze. But yes, we are playing, or I say we're playing. They're playing, we're judging. So both of these Pop-Tarts are near and dear to our hearts, uh, or at least they are to me. Uh, I don't know exactly how... I was exactly about to say, how... speak for yourself. Yeah, you may I not remember have... Wildberry, we both had a very, I don't want to say intimate, but I guess intimate love with <laughs> Wildberry. We, we laid in bed with Wildberry <laughs> as if it were a lover. No, um, But so they were hard Wildberry... to find, and well, um, they were well accepted into our lives when we found them. Yeah, as soon as, like... We got the hook up again. We kind of beat that into the ground as far as consuming them again. I know cherry and wildberry are two of my favorite flavors, so I'm not sure how this is going to shake out for me. Why don't you go ahead and start getting into yours? I'm yeah, already kind of dug into mine. You kind of had a sneak peek already, <laughs> so I'm going to take my leave since my hot ones are starting to get a little cool. Not so hot. But, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm personally, if I go to the store but prior to this tournament, I would to, I would pick up Wildberry before I pick up Cherry. But with that being said, I don't even know if I've had Cherry before. And if I had, it's like once, maybe twice. Because I went and spent the night at someone's house and they had Cherry. And that's the closest thing to Strawberry. Now, this may sound biased, but one of us has created a large-scale rendition of a Wildberry Pop-Tart to hang on their wall and do their morning prayers to. Um, <laughs> maybe not in the morning prayers, but he did do a giant rendition of a Wildberry Pop-Tart because it does have that, I think it has the best aesthetic factor. It's like the 80s all wrapped up into a Pop-Tart. I say again, I think we said it before, and that's something good to go for it. Now, I've already dug into mine, and I will say, man, Wildberry is good, and it's still good cold. That one does not need to be heated up, but it is good I'm with warm. You. Wildberry I don't so even good. know if it's necessarily better warm. They're both good, warm and cold. Now, cherry, I also dug into that one, and that one's also good. Very similar to strawberry to me, though. Yeah, like I I do have a difficulty discerning the subtleties between cherry and strawberry. That like if I ate mine. them both blind, I don't know if I'd be able to tell the difference. That may be something we do after the tournament. Yeah, we might have to do that. I do have a few cherries laying around now. But as far as, yeah, cherry and strawberry to me are very similar. Like I, I may have mentioned on a previous episode, but like you had sent me a raspberry one and it was labeled cherry. And <laughs> and it took you a while to discern it. And it took me, a, actually, it took me a while, like a long while. It wasn't even that day before I realized that, oh, wait, this one isn't cherry. I was thinking it was some kind of like variant of cherry or, you know, like wild cherry whatever that means you know how that's a different flavor at least for jelly belly but when it comes down to it like i was having a, if it is a red like if it's based in the red spectrum it's a red of, berry flavor <laughs> yeah red berry flavor when it comes to artificial flavoring they can be difficult to discern if you don't have a very strong palate so personally for me i think this kind of points against cherry because if it was non-existent i could fill that void with strawberry or raspberry, it sounds like. I can't fill my wildberry void with just any berry. It has to be a wild berry. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, blueberry doesn't taste the same. I'm surprised they haven't made a grape Pop-Tart. I feel like I've seen one. You're right. They probably have. I don't know. I would have to look into the annals of history, the Library of Congress. I'll have to go to see if they've made a grape Pop-Tart. Because for some reason, 
Maybe you should write head, a text. Write a text. The article. A historical of, text. <laughs> like uh, here's players. my peer reviewed journal of has there ever been a great pop tart? And it's like. 12 pages and people the main comments the main reviews are how is this not just a one sentence yes or no like and be that very narrow 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 focused professor who's like all right i've been uh i've been studying history for all my life but i teach a class on history of pop tarts history and culture of middle eastern pop tarts (laughs) (laughs) the influence of pop tarts on uh, 19th century u.s politics i'm pretty sure uh middle it was turmoil It was turmoil when the population found that JFK was a strawberry man. (laughs) (laughs) Some say it was very difficult for him to get elected that way. Some say he wasn't originally a strawberry man. He was actually like a, I guess, grape man. And that really hurt (laughs) his uh, reviews at the polls. So he he started being a strawberry man to appeal to the American public. Hmm. Yeah, because Made in America was definitely blueberry and strawberry. It's just, you know, middle Americans. That's what Mm -hmm. they got. I don't know. Even Wildberry was out of the norm at that time. (laughs) So how did you just go say Middle America is blueberry, strawberry, when brown sugar and cinnamon exists? (laughs) Oh, see, that's the thing. They ain't gained popularity in Middle America until more like the the late 20th century. It was when the parties swapped in the 60s. (laughs) It used to be an aristocrat treat, but then it became mainstream. Mm. All right, so so give me your thoughts on the taste between the two. Okay, now that I've had some time to kind of go in between all of them. Okay, so I would, I, I kind of hurt myself in the past with eating too many Wildberry. This is actually my first one in quite a few years. But isn't it so good when you wait so it's long? It's <laughs> so good. Um, cherry is one that I would get pretty regularly because it was one of my safe my safe options that I know I'm going to eat the entire box. I don't have to worry about it. Something that I'm very much considering for our limited edition in these specialty flavor ones is that you can't just buy one. You have to buy either it or a family size. And most of the ones at my Walmart, they're all family size. So needless to say, I'm not excited about having about 17 extra hot fudge sundae flavored ones that I'm not going to eat. So cherry, I really like. Wildberry, I really like. But... When it comes down to it, I, I've been kind of playing it safe in which I kind of choose the one that I know I would always get. Uh-huh. But there was a period of time in which I, where I always got Wildberry. So that I can't use that. You know, I can't use that justifier. I have to throw that one out. I normally ate Wildberry Pop-Tarts raw. This is probably my first time eating one heated. And dude, it's, <laughs> it's really good. Oh my gosh. Life this revelations. Is, this is such a hard one and you're entirely right i am biased towards wildberry but i'm equally biased towards cherry in that i I think you're pretty neutral because you're biased towards both yeah like i love both of them this is actually a really tough decision and this is also i think our first comp uh, like uh matchup that has been fruit versus fruit i think so too right like yeah because most of them have been like a thick I can't call it savory because it's really not. Can you imagine a savory Pop-Tart? I think that's just a Hot Pocket. But um, <laughs> No, it's been usually like sweet, like uh, very overly sweet, like desserty versus fruit. Yeah, dessert versus fruit or chocolate versus fruit or something like that. Yeah, because up this to this is... point, we've done blueberry versus s'mores, chocolate fruit, 
We've done chocolate fudge and brown sugar cinnamon. Now those are both kind of sweet on the sweeter side, but brown dessert-y sugar side. is not a fruit, so but it, it's, yeah, it's different. So that one wasn't necessarily a fruit versus dessert matchup. But we've done unfrosted strawberry and cinnamon roll. That's another fruit versus dessert matchup. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing wild berry versus cherry. So yeah, this is our first fruit matchup, and it's the first one where I had previously eaten both in the past. And that adds in, I could immediately come up and go like, hey, I know both of these. Like, I've had, I've probably had a s'mores Pop-Tart at some point, but I couldn't tell you, nor had I had it warmed. So, like, most of these I've had to reacquaint myself or actually just regular acquaint myself with the flavor before we do this. This is the first one where I'm like, I've had both of these for multiple times, multiple years. Both are welcome in my household. And I think I know where my where I'm gonna lean out. I know really? I, I know my answer. Well, first before I go into my answer, I'm gonna go into a little bit of an acoustic description. Now, for some of you, you may not understand Are you what about I'm talking to about. Do an acapella <laughs> arrangement. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm gonna drop the pop tart on the floor and see which one sounds better. No, no. Sometimes I like describe taste acoustically in a weird way. Like uh, a good example would be Dr Pepper has like a deeper, fuller taste to it compared okay. to Coke. Okay, if that I makes think- sense. Yes, it does. It I can't remember what it's called, but they would they were they were actually taught us that in training for work. They're like, you know, you're trying to describe the notes, you're identifying the like notes. Like ratatouille. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, ratatouille. The, the rat's um, eating the little cheese biscuit. Well, it's not a cheese biscuit. I don't know what he's eating. And he's in the background like There's a strawberry and cheese. But, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, um, so, so go ahead. going from there, the cherry has, like, a lighter, sweeter note to it and a little bit of bite at the end, whereas the wild berry has, like, a deeper, more encompassing flavor to it. So I would say, yeah, the, the wild berry has, like, a little bit more surrounding the taste for me. And then there's um, a little bit more, like, unfrosted area on the wild berries, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. The crust is more defined but which i like that Mm -hmm. uh i think i know where my vote is falling and i'm interested to see if we're gonna agree or disagree on this one so i think we should both say it kind of on the count of three okay all right so one two three wildberry yeah boom yeah it's it is no like as soon as i like kept i'm like staring at my plate full of bits of pop tart i'm going like and the Which reason one? I knew that is as I was eating them and like going back and forth between the two, I had like one bite of wild berry left and I was like, I'm going to leave that because I want to end it on a good note. Yeah. Like mine <laughs> was like took a bite of cherry and I just in there like maybe it's because like I know it and stuff like that, but like it was when you brought up strawberry and how it's yeah. tough to discern them. I'm like, okay, well that's actually a very good point because wild berry, I know when I'm eating a wild berry pop tart. Like it is a, and it also comes down to design. Not many of us tend to look at our pop tarts for a little I could bit rub longer. it against my face until it's wild berry. I mean, yeah, you could. It's actually pretty You could probably smell it until it's wild berry, honestly. There's a smell that comes with wild berry. Yeah, like it's it like is. fruit with the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we keep throwing that around for neither of us to have been born then. So, we have it's uh cherry. It's just kind of it's there. It is a basic Pop-Tart flavor, and that, like, don't get me wrong, I love it. But at the same time, it's like, when I bit into the wild berry, it was like, welcome home. Like, here we are. He's like, like boom, I am wild berry. Yeah. And like, I'm what's here up? to party in your mouth. Exactly. Like, 
you look at it and the like the drizzle colors it's just it's kind of an all-around like you've got to smell you've got to look you've got bite and mouthfeel like it's a good pop tart that jerry was said, more like hey what's up i'm here guys who else is here you want to hang yeah, out yeah it is it's very basic which that being said can be a good thing that can be a good thing if you're playing against like hot fudge sunday i imagine that would be a good tactic but mm-hmm. exactly I it's do like, think ultimately what lost Cherry out, because they were both very close in taste, texture, and all that, ultimately I think is just because it's, it's replaceable. You know, yeah. I could eat strawberry and be probably a little bit happier with strawberry, honestly. But And, and at the same time, yeah. they kind of did for a little while, like the limited edition release of the Jolly Rancher Cherry flavor. I, don't, I never got to try it. But I could not, for the life of me, figure out what that meant. Like, <laughs> both are artificial cherry flavored what is the difference (laughs) and i kind of wish i did get my hands on one before they went away just so i can like go to sleep at night but now i can't and because like you already have cherry you already have cherry and i love art like i keep using artificial like it's an inherently bad thing i love artificial cherry it's my favorite flavor of candy it's my favorite flavor of like slushy whatever you know like if i really wanted something cherry i could go get a slushy i can't get wildberry anywhere else (laughs) <laughs> not that i know of so i yeah i'm 100 percent leaning towards wildberry um, all right so i think i think this one's pretty hammered out it was mm-hmm. uh it was close but in the end it wasn't it too wasn't. close you know yeah but yeah. uh so i i think i'm excited for next week now we're gonna give you a little info about that because if you go look at the pop tarts website as of 7 7 2018 you will see that they advertise that they have chocolatey caramel and confetti cupcake and red velvet on their website as being for sale in stores. I have not found any of those three. They might be a Target exclusive. We're probably going to replace those. So I think our next matchup is going to be strawberry, one of the heavy hitters, Mm -hmm. versus chocolatey salted caramel, which we have seen. Basically, it boils down to there's a handful of these on here or on our roster that, yes, we pulled from the website, but when we went to the stores... In that practice. Were in re- yeah, in on paper, we had it. In practice, we didn't. So we will be replacing a few of these with some flavors that we do find in stores. because. So, yeah, a couple of these all-star voted players ended up with season-ending season ending injuries throughout the year, and they're going to have to be replaced by the alternates. Mm-hmm. Second they're, strings. They're sitting in the... What's it called? The dugout? Yeah. They're sitting in the toaster, just waiting, waiting for their turn. And, and who knows, one of these rookies might blast out of the park because there are some pretty good limited edition flavors. There, I, There's a few hopefuls that I'm looking for, and I am equally afraid and excited for it, particularly chocolate-covered peanut butter. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, I think next week when we do the strawberry versus chocolatey caramel, we will update the bracket with all the new players, and mm-hmm. also we'll slap some winners on there so you can keep up. All right, we'll see y'all. See ya. Hey, this is Cody here. I hope you enjoyed that last episode. If you're paying attention very closely, you might have noticed some things were kind of out of order with the last episode, and that's because they are. Uh, Doesn't really affect too much, but you'll notice it on these last two episodes. Just, uh, yeah, if you find it, that's a little Easter egg for you. I hope you'll join us next week for our next episode. See ya.